Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Chapter 13, Serving as a Judge on the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals. Applications for the 2019 Judicial Screening Board are due on 30 October, and we wanted to share with you some information about the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals and the opportunities for non-military justice career track officers. By instruction, all senior military justice track officers are required to apply for judicial screening, but nothing precludes non-track officers from also seeking judicial screening. And perhaps the best opportunity for those non-track officers to serve as a military judge is on the appellate court. Today we have Captains Frank Hutchinson and Marcus Fulton to talk about their experiences on the court and what working on the court is like. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Let me start with an easy question. How long have each of you been on the court and what made you apply for a position on the Navy Marine Corps Court of Criminal Appeals? We've both been here about uh, two and a half years, coming up on two and a half years. And uh, speaking, this is Captain Fulton, speaking for myself, uh, I've always wanted to have been on the CCA. I've, I, uh, I did a tour at Appellate Defense uh, between 2001 and 2004, and uh, so it, I'm sure it occurred to me uh, at that time, but probably ever since I knew we had an appellate court that had active duty judges, it's been something that's been, that I've been interested in doing. I, I, I had always uh, <coughs> thought being on an appellate court would be great, but my career had taken me in sort of a different path, so I didn't, I didn't think I, uh, uh, I had any business being on an appellate court. Uh, and then I was an XO uh, of a DSO, and my boss said, hey, you should really apply uh, to be judicially screened um, to the appellate court. Uh, so I did, uh, and they screened me, and, and I came to the court, and it's been wonderful. So what kind of background do you need to serve on the court? Well, well I guess that's the point, is, is that uh, you can come from a lot of backgrounds. Uh, you know, Captain Fulton has a robust career in military justice as a trial judge and I'm going to tell you his bio here but, uh, you know, as, a tri- as a trial judge and a, and a litigator on both sides and, and uh, as, an, as an appellate counsel I came from a really generalist background as an SJA uh, I had done uh, prior to coming here I was an XO and uh, I've worked in OJAG uh, I, I was a region SJA and there I touched on uh, some military justice as a, as a general court marshal's convening authorities, SJA. I was a carrier judge advocate. I, I worked on the fleet staff. Uh, but aside from my first tour as a litigator, uh, when I came out of justice school, that's really the only military justice experience I had. But I think like a lot of SJAs, I've worked in and out of it throughout my career. And, and so this is kind of a nice uh, cap to that sort of dabbling in military justice throughout. Did you find that there's a steep learning curve? Um upon taking this new position? Uh, there's a learning curve. I don't know what it, how steep it is. It's, 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 it's certainly steeper for me than I think it was for Captain Fulton. I think Captain Fulton and some guys like him can, uh, can come into the job on the appellate court and be a full-up round, so to speak, on day one. I, I probably wasn't. Um, but that's not to say that I, that I don't think I contributed from day one, but it, there is a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I, whether it's deep or not, I, you know. the, the the skill set for appellate law, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is one that pertains to appellate law. Uh, 
and less so to, to trial, uh, trial work. And I think even military justice experts who, who come in and, uh, but, but don't have any particular background in appellate litigation, they have a learning curve too. I think that the generalist who uh, kind of comes in out of the, the uh, SJA track, so to speak, really isn't at as much of a disadvantage compared to military justice folks uh, if you were just to take that person and compare them to a military justice expert who doesn't have any experience in appellate law, it's really, that SJA really isn't uh, applying from a position of comparative disadvantage. You have, to, you have to have an appreciation for what you don't know, and, and I think that's half the battle. And, and maybe that's it, is that the, the person like me coming in as a generalist isn't already shaped uh, by their trial experiences. So you, you can... You're a, you're a much um, more unmolded piece of clay that can be molded right into the appellate work. While if you've, you've you've spent time as a litigator, you have a certain way of doing things, and it translates, but it doesn't always translate as perfectly as Captain Fulton says to uh, the appellate world. Well, so speaking on the military justice side, and then on the non-military justice side, so what are the specific jobs that you think prepared you most? Um, uh, for for serving on the uh, on the court, um, uh, we'll start with you. Yeah, that's an easy answer for me. It's appellate defense um, because I spent you know so much time learning about appellate litigation and standards of review and extraordinary writs and uh, just kind of the, the quirks that apply to appellate law, not just in the military but everywhere in, in lawyerdom. I mean, appellate law is its own beast, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I highly recommend it, but you can't come into it uh, with the assumption that it's just like what you're doing at trial. Even motions practice at trial is a lot different. And so, switching to you, Captain Hutchinson, so what, what jobs think, do you think prepared you the best? I think uh, probably two, but, but the, 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 the first would be my job as a region SJA. What I found since coming to the court is, is so many of the things we look at have to do with sort of the peripheries of the trial practice. And what I mean by that are the, the referral and the post-trial actions. And those are all things that the convening authority does. Um, so, so I had a pretty strong uh, background in that material. Um, so I understood how the court-martial process worked, even if I wasn't um, the guy in the courtroom litigating the case. So, so when there would be assignments of error that dealt with pre- and post-trial, I, I felt very comfortable. Uh, now that's all going to change a little bit under the Military Justice Act of 2016. But it's still a commander-driven system. Uh, there'll still be a pretty significant role for the SJA. There'll, there'll still be a pretty significant role for the convening authority in, in referring charges, in, in, in approving, you know, the, uh, the CA's action. is still going to be a CA's action to some, in some regards. So, so there's still a role for the SJA e even going forward, but it'll change a little bit. And then being a, a DSO-XO, I think, was helpful. I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't get in the courtroom as a DSO-XO. I didn't... Um, I didn't litigate cases, uh, but you're helping your counsel on the cases they're working on, so you're talking about issues. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that helps some too. So, question for either of you, what's the day in, in the life of an appellate judge look like? <laughs> Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> um, so, I, it, it's a, I mean, it's a full-time job. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I think there's a in, in the old days, there may have been a perception that, that uh, you want to go on the appellate court because it's a 
just an easy ride. And I, I just don't think we see that anymore. I think uh, uh, it, you're fairly independent. I mean, the, the, the work you do is your own, and there's a nice uh, balance to that. But but we put in a full day every day, uh, uh, sometimes long hours, depending on the deadlines we have. And yes, we have deadlines. Um, you, you know, USD Moreno dictates that we we put out opinions at a certain time, uh, so we, we worry about that. Um, we want to make sure that we have some institutional vigilance and that the court is looked at as a serious place. So we, we take the work seriously, of course. And we have hard issues. So we spend the day uh, you know, working on cases, whether that's reading 22-volume you know, records of trial uh, and then putting together a written opinion, and that takes, um, that takes a lot of brain power. There's a lot of collaboration, and I think probably the best part is that is that I, I have hard questions, I'll walk down the hall and talk to somebody smart like Marcus Fulton or, yeah. or, or somebody you know, else. On the other side of all that, the, the third deck of, our, of, of Building 58 is it's not a salt mine. Yeah. And uh, you're able to manage your own work schedule. Uh, well, most people take a uh, telework day, uh, one day a week. Um, and you know it's the kind of job that you're, you're, you're never done. I mean, there's always more cases to do, but uh, you know, you, you get to manage your workload. Uh, you're, you're not at the beck and call of a, of a, you know, a four star who has is going to plan your day. You, you get to, you get to manage your 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 time to a great degree. When I first got here, someone told me what you're going to be surprised about is um, nobody ever calls you, and the only emails you get are sort of the internal emails that everybody gets. Hey, the PFA's on this day. Don't forget your PII training. <laughs> But, but nobody reaches out to me and says, hey, what about this? Nobody calls me and says, hey, what about this? Uh, you, your work is your own and you're not, um, you, you're, you're not, I don't want to use the word bothered, but I guess you're not bothered by the other stuff that goes on so much when you're the SJA, when you're the XO, uh, when you're the department head. You, you're here to be a judge and um, you spend a lot of your time doing judge work. So I wonder, uh, I just participated in... You wonder why no, why everyone's not applying? <laughs> <laughs> I want to apply. I'm a PAO, but why not? Um, I do wonder, though, you know, I had an interview not too long ago where someone said, these days, oftentimes, just in the busy world we live in, we don't have a lot of time for thinking. We don't ever have... We're, we're in execution mode constantly. So I wonder if this environment lends itself to actually sitting down and thinking and considering. Would you say Yes. I'm, I'm going to quote, uh, uh, I, I won't name him uh, without his permission, but, but when I first got here, one of the judges on the court told me that sometimes it's simply our job to look out the window and think about things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I will be honest, sometimes I can't stop doing that. And, and I mean that in a bad way. I mean, I, I'll go home at night thinking about a tough issue and I, I can't get it out of my head. Um, because I don't know how I'm going to answer it. And, mm -hmm. and this stuff is serious. It affects lives and it affects the law. Um, but, but sometimes it is just our job to, to think about how we're going to decide something. And sometimes sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's hard, but sometimes it just means looking out the window and thinking about things. Um, so final question for both of you. Um, would you encourage non-military justice track officers to apply uh, to the court and why? Yeah, if you're... If you're you know, analytical, if you like to write, if you like to think, um, if you think it would be, I, I mean, we all went to law school and, and you learn the law by reading appellate cases. And maybe it's been a while since you've thought about that. 
but I, I remember thinking it would just be so cool to be somebody who got to, you know, help develop the law through writing appellate cases. And I can't say that I was necessarily on a track that was going to make that likely in some other context. <laughs> but it really is as much fun as I imagined that it might be even before I became a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And um, I would encourage anybody who you know, has that bent to think about doing it. I, I agree. You know, coming from that non-military justice world, I, yeah, uh, I mean this in all seriousness. If, if I can do this, and so far they haven't fired me, if I can do this, there's a lot of folks out there that can do this. Um, and, and so it, as long as you've got sort of the, the basic background, and just about every judge advocate does, uh, you can be successful on the NMCCA. Um, and, and like Marcus says, it's, it's great work. It, it's, it, one, it's good work, and two, it's, it's, it's meaningful work. Yeah, I agree. Great. Well, thank you so much um, for taking part in this podcast. We might have another follow-up with some time, but uh, this is a really interesting topic. I think lots of people will like it. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in. 